Welcome to the Monkey Mind Podcast, your number one platform for athletes and mental health. Hosted by myself, Danny Perez. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Monkey Mind Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Danny Perez, and today's guest for episode 71 is Jessica Campbell. Jessica is a professional dancer as well as a nutritional therapy practitioner with a master's in human nutrition and functional medicine who also studied sports medicine. But before we get to today's episode, we have a quick word from our sponsor. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Daily Dose CBD Inc. Daily Dose CBD Inc. creates full-spectrum CBD products ranging from tinctures, bombs, and dog treats. Research has shown that CBD has successful results in aiding in the following areas. Anti-inflammation, anxiety, PTSD, help with breaking addiction, neuroprotection, epilepsy, arthritis, chronic pain, and sleeping disorders. Daily Dose makes an extremely safe and effective product that we know you will love, enjoy, and benefit from. Daily Dose has given Monkey Mind listeners 15% off all their orders. Head over to DailyDoseCBDInc.com and use promo code MONKEYMIND15 for 15% off your purchases. That's promo code MONKEYMIND15 for 15% off all your orders at DailyDoseCBDInc.com. All right, uh, we have Jessica Campbell on today. Welcome. Um, so you're a nutritional therapy practitioner with a master's in human nutrition and functional medicine, and you also studied sports medicine. Um, so yeah, welcome on. If you could please introduce yourself, and um, I obviously gave you a, a brief Spark Notes version of it all, but um, yeah, welcome and please introduce yourself. Sure. Thanks, Danny. Um, so I'm Jessica, and yes, as you said, I am a nutritional therapy practitioner. So that was my first training outside of the registered dietitian you know, the standard food science, if you will, that you start taking in university. It was my first taste of holistic nutrition and it helped my own health so much. I just kept going. And as an adult finished studying in a master's of science that was in conjunction with functional medicine, the Institute of Functional Medicine. So I always knew I wanted to go into that holistic functional medicine after the NTA program, the nutritional therapy, but I didn't know if they had it in an accredited institution. So as soon as I found out they had a master's program, which was not very old um, through University of Western States, I jumped at it and have been practicing that ever since. Awesome. Yeah. So um, as far as your sports background or athletic background, please talk about um, what you've done professionally and, you know, kind of talk about that and dive into, you know, how you started. Sure. So I started dancing when I was five um, and I jumped around in a bunch of athletics, but I had a younger brother who was a stellar athlete. So I sort of chose dance instead of trying to follow his footsteps. Um, but I danced every day in programs. I competed all throughout high school and in, um, competitions out of state competitions. And then I continued dance in college, um, got a BA in dance in, um, San Diego state university and graduated at the top of my class. I loved it. I just pushed, pushed, pushed. Eventually I wanted to work in dance therapy, sports therapy, not, I I essentially didn't think I'd my whole life just keep dance as a profession. I thought, you know, eventually this will be a hobby. So I'll probably have to think about making it more of a um, dance therapy as a profession. But I thought I'd just go off and try my hand at it after graduation while I was still young. Um, 
And I went to New York and danced professionally for about six, almost seven years, and then stopped when I had kids. Um, and we'll talk about that timeline when we get into kind of the health aspect of it. But I moved to the Bay Area in San Francisco, where I am now, and stopped, thought I would never dance again, thought I would just go back to nutrition and um, kind of focus on the, the dance therapy side. But in learning the nutritional therapy practitioner and um, functional medicine, just the way of living and the way of healing, I actually went back to dance in my 40s. And I had trained at a studio. Actually, we have a, um, aerial arts. So I did some pole dance. Some, um, I was very strong, like in my upper body. So I really love that. And some, some silks and some rope and some trapeze, uh, not trapeze, but the hoop lira. Yep. And then just loved it so much. Um, when I went back to visit the company in New York, um, they were auditioning for a part on Broadway. And I said, I, I'll help with the audition. I've been dancing a little, getting back into it. And they actually invited me to perform with them. So it was, it was so great to come back in my forties. And um, then I just performed again this summer in July, um, 2021 with them. So I'm still dancing. Yeah, that's awesome. No, that's awesome. And obviously you mentioned the, you know, being able to, after you discovered functional medicine, being able to get back into it. Um, and before we kind of get into the deep dive and unpack all that stuff, I want you to obviously touch on um, just kind of some of the stuff that you've dealt with as far as mental health and, and things of that nature. And then, cause I think it's important to hit all the little yeah. points first, and then we could tie it all together because it does all. Cool Absolutely. And, then... um, and I, I love that you're, you're going over this with athletes because I think that it's so important. I think um, athletes, you push harder than most people, you push past your reserves. And so this is something that I learned and how, how I can still manage to dance because, um, I could dance forever when I was <laughs> a teenager and in my twenties, because you're kind of invincible. Um, and you have like a plethora of energy and reserves, but I danced past, past my reserves because a normal person would be tired and say, eh, I'm not going to run today, or I'm not going to do that class today, or I'm just not going to practice today. But you know, if you have a game or if you have a competition or if you have a performance, no matter what it is, you can't, you can't, you can't do that. You just have to keep going. And so mm -hmm. I, I grew up out in the country and I grew up eating like vegetables from the farm. And, uh, my dad would bring home cuts of meat from the ranch and when I went on and started to learn all of this information in college, I thought I had to give up all of those foods because I started to learn that maybe like maybe meat wasn't good for you. So I became a vegetarian and then I, I wasn't a good vegetarian. I'm not um, talking bad about being a vegetarian, but I was kind of a pastatarian, you know, okay. or yep. like a vegetarian. Yep. And so I wasn't quite learning everything right. And I wasn't getting enough protein and I didn't know how to do that. And and then I learned, oh my gosh, the, the college professor took a, a fat, I remember like a pound of fat and it looked like cellulite. And he was like, when you eat this, this is what ends up on your thigh. And I was in ballet class, like in a leotard and tights mm -hmm. every day. So when he said that, I was like, I am never eating butter again. I'm never eating anything with fat. And I gave up all the fat and I started to have really bad migraines and especially around my cycle. And I was getting 
my mood, you know, that people would talk about PMS or, or your mood, dis- like mine was so obvious that for a week before nobody wanted to be around me. And then I didn't want to be around myself. I was so depressed and I would just then have, you know, a, a performance or a practice. And, and like I said, beyond your reserves, I didn't have anything like no mood, no energy, but I had to go. So then I kind of spike up with a bunch of adrenaline, you know, you just kind of find it somewhere. And then it just caused this ricochet where I would just just bounce like in those Mm -hmm. bipolar moods back and forth back and forth where it was like manic you know energy when you don't really have it and then just such a deep deep depression and that kept going even when I finished college and went to New York it was like you know, moving away, that'll fix everything, right? Yep. Yeah, oh yeah, I've, tr- I've tried that, trust me, a few times, it doesn't work. Try to move away from your problems. Oh yeah, it doesn't work as well as you'd like, but. No, so I moved and I even got into a company and it just kept getting worse. And I kept thinking, maybe I should eat less. Maybe vegan would be better than vegetarian. You know, I just, I didn't know. I didn't have that that information, I thought maybe I'm eating too much fat. Like maybe I shouldn't eat the yolk in the egg. You know, maybe I yep. should just, no olive oil on my pasta. I should just spray the, yep. you know, hand. I just got worse and worse. And, and the lack of protein and the lack of fat started to really spiral downward in my mood. And it really wasn't until I, I met my husband and we started trying to get pregnant that I, I couldn't get pregnant Mm -hmm. and I couldn't put it together until I finally did get pregnant and, and then lost the pregnancy. And a friend of mine who was a nutritionist was like, I'm just watching and you're doing everything and you're, you're dancing, you know, six hours a day and you're, you're eating, you know, what you think is healthy, but have you considered nutrition? Like, have you just considered that maybe that diet that you grew up on that ancestral diet could be different from what you started to learn in college, that, that shift that you made, could you maybe consider that that wasn't the shift that's right for you? Mm-hmm. And so that, that just kind of opened my eyes of course. And, and making those few changes all of a sudden I I started to get energy like right away. Basically, my husband was like, well, I'm eating fat and I'm eating meat. So how about (laughs) I just make something like I'm going to make bacon, but I'll cook your pancakes in the pan and then we can wash one less pan. And like, I won't make you eat bacon. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, even that little bit, I was like, oh, I have like more energy. And then all of a sudden, just kind of picking back up, like maybe I'm just going to eat butter. You know, I just, yeah. eh, what the heck, uh-huh. little bits of real food coming back in. I, I um, started to feel better. And when then I was like, what the heck I'm craving a burger. I don't know why the nutritionist said, maybe your body needs that protein. Try it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got pregnant within five weeks and had my first baby after that year, wow. just like a crazy, crazy change where I was like, wait a yep. minute, what is going on? And, mm-hmm. and I, having more energy dancing. And I started to lose weight. Like I thought I'm eating butter and losing weight. Like yeah. what is going on? I think oh, yeah. everything I know is wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. 
No, that's super interesting. And um, obviously super sorry to hear about the miscarriage and um, but it's, I think everything is a learning experience and obviously it, it, you know, resulted in, um, you know, energy coming back and, and things of that nature. But I think it's just so important because um, we'll dive into this more, but as an athlete who's always seen nutritionists, I have nothing bad to say. They've all been fantastic, but I think with normal nutritionists, it's always been just kind of like a blanketed sort of like eat, eat this. It's for, it's the same for everybody, but not everyone's built the same way. And I think when you dive into it um, with nutritional therapy practitioners and with functional medicine and they tailor it to you. And now with social media and the access of the internet, it's great for resources, but it also is an over-information, over-stimulation of resources where it's like, you hear all these things and you're like trying everything. And it's like, you become, you know, overloaded with all this info and, and it may be great, but it may not be great for you. And that's why I think, you know, what you're doing is so important because you take each person and dive into what their, you know, lifestyle is and how they are as a person and you help them out with what their bio-individual needs are. So um, I think that's super important. And um, yeah, if we, if we can just kind of, I guess, nerd out and kind of get deep into, you know, that piece of what you're doing. And um, yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's just super important, the work that you're doing, because I think it really does have massive lifestyle effects and you've obviously experienced it firsthand. Yeah, I, I would agree with you when, when that started to happen to me and, you know, it wasn't until a miscarriage that it happened where it wasn't myself. Like if it was just me, I probably could have just kept going and kept going. But as soon as it was like, Oh, I lost this other life. Or as soon as I had the baby, I was like, now I'm looking at like future generations. And, and, and sometimes we have to take that perspective off of ourselves to see others, to see someone else. And that's what it's helped with, with other clients, because now I, I work in an OBGYN medical clinic, although I'm the holistic um, nutritional therapist, but I, I can see them and think like, I know, I know what you're going through. I've, I've been there and, 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 and it has to be individual you cannot take a paleo diet, a ketogenic diet, a vegetarian diet. Like we have to start there, take that trendy template and then just start figuring out what your protein needs are, what your, omega-3, omega-6 fats, like where are you and what, what foods do you like? And then, and then what religion comes in and, and that shifts around what you can eat or won't eat. And, and you have to play with these diets and customize them to actually get the effects that you need. And especially if you're, if you're an athlete, because again, you're, you're pushing past a normal person's reserves. Mm-hmm. So you have to add a little bit more and you have to be a little bit more sensitive to make sure that you have that, that nutrient dense, you know, nutrient rich food. Of course. Find all that. So I love to geek out and yeah. And with the, with the clients, I'm gathering so much more information. You know, a lot of things, uh, a lot of times in the doctor's office, you get 15 minutes and you're just like, you've got your list and you're waiting until they come in and you've got so many yeah. questions. And you're like, no, 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 we're here to talk about this. Like, I really can't dive into anything else that go see an endocrinologist. If you want to talk thyroid or go, go see the gastroenterologist. If it's like, we're only going to talk about, you know, this section. And so mm-hmm. then the nice thing about nutritional therapy or functional medicine is you can have an hour to really sit down and, and gather so much information because there's so many pieces of the puzzle and we can get the entire 
food and mood journal that we can talk about where, what foods are you eating? What, what vitamins, supplements, medications, everything you're eating during the day. And how does that make you feel? And maybe after writing that for three to four days, you start to see some coincidental feelings, you know, going on with the food and maybe it's having an effect on you. Maybe you're sensitive to something you didn't quite think about. Mm-hmm. Um, I collect a lot of that. I collect symptoms, like a sweat, symptoms questionnaire. That's almost 400 questions of just every little thing that th- could be going on in your life because it's related to maybe a B vitamin deficiency, or maybe, uh, you know, like, do you hear yourself? Um, do you hear your heartbeat at night on the pillow? Like something where people are like, Oh my gosh, I, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Are you calm on the outside, yeah. but, but spinning in the inside, you know, just these little anxious feelings that we might be having, or is your heartbeat revved up right after you eat? Are you sleepy right after you eat or, you know, which, which way does the uh, food tip you? So we collect a lot of that information. And then I, I collect a lot of information about your modifiable like your modifiable lifestyle factors. So your sleep, your exercise, your routine, your circadian rhythm, like what type of, what time of day do you have this sort of energy and your elimination? What time of day is it every day? Uh, are there, um, the stress, like how high, how low, and what do you, what tools do you have to manage the stress? Mm-hmm. Um, and we try to just dive into all of those different aspects and then look at the physiological effects. So what's happening on the body? Uh, are you digesting your food in the first place? Are you even getting the energy of all that good food that you're eating? And mm-hmm. uh, does it give you energy? Do you have energy? Or are you just wiped out by like four o'clock at the end of the day? Yep. Do you need caffeine again to get going? Um, yep. Do you feel like your hormones are in balance or out of balance? Cause that's way down the line. It's like so far, it's like so far down the waterfall of things that happen in the body that we kind of have to start up here at the, mm-hmm. you know, the other things that can have an effect. And then your immune system, do you feel like you're getting, especially today in today's world, like how's your immune system holding up? It does it feel like you're getting sick all the time. Yep. We just like to look at all of these factors, put all the pieces down and then figure out where the imbalances, where the deficiencies are and how to restore that balance naturally. And this is all collected through the food mood journal, correct? The food mood journal, a nutritional symptoms questionnaire, and, and like a health history form, like an okay. internet. Um, but the food and moon gives a, it gives a huge piece that you can tell as a person, like sometimes when people write it for like a week, they're like, wow, uh, I think I already know my problem. <laughs> you yep. know? And a good yeah. therapist told me like, if you sit long enough and listen hard enough, they will tell you what is wrong and how to fix themselves. <laughs> you know, like people will yeah. learn just through documenting what they write and, and how that affects them during the day. Yeah. So one thing that you mentioned before we um, started recording the episode was that how diet is 80% of the battle and how I just, I just, I think it's important to give that context because it just reiterates um, all of what you're saying. And I think that people do recognize that diet is important, but like, I'll say it again, um, everyone's different. And now we have all these trendy diets and I think a lot of people are getting misinformed or just trying things and it's coming from a good place. But um, 
yeah, I just that that percentage it helps people, you know, when you give them a number, kind of realize the importance of something. But um, yeah, I just want you to talk about how you know diet is eighty percent, and I love how you dove into sleep and stress management, and um, there's so many factors just when it comes to mental health. And I think that people think, oh, I'm I'm anxious or I'm depressed, and say, okay, like you go see a therapist, and and that's great. I've you know done that myself, but there's so many other lifestyle things that can be changed or tweaked that make such a significant and um, very instant difference that can really, you know, you know, be a, a factor in, in mental health and, and improving that. There's a, there's a huge part of that, that I, I didn't write in our notes. This might be extra for you, but it was fascinating to me when I learned about it. And I, I love gut and microbiome and the microbiome is in the large intestine and it's all the bacteria that make up our immune system. And there, there's so many bacteria in our gut and they were the ones that digest the food, right? Like the, the last part of your body before it's from mouth to anus. I mean, it's one tube right before it leaves, these bacteria are breaking it down and they're actually making the vitamins that are sent to the brain that turn into serotonin and make you feel happy. And they contrarily, when they are bombarded by, you know, waste and toxic things that are stuck in there and maybe constipated for days and on end cause inflammation. And they send a hormone that actually causes anxiety or another one that causes irritability and another one that causes depression. And there's another one that causes like a general malaise. So when you have these feelings and, and, you know, sometimes the doctor's saying like, it's, it's, it's all in your head. And you're like, well, well, it is in my head, but it's actually a hormone that's coming from my gut. That's causing it. So it's like, not even your fault. Mm-hmm. It's not like, yeah, there's a, yeah, I'm feeling anxious and I'm feeling depressed and that's okay. I love how you said like, it, it's, it's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. Your tagline, right? Like it, that's yeah. such a hard feeling, but it, it's, it is okay. And it's something that's happening most of the time from that diet, from that food that's in there with the gut bacteria. And they love things that are healthy for us, right? They love things like fiber and plants. And so it, it makes sense when we think of intuitively, like what foods are good for us. And we think, I, I know that this food is good for us. But if you think physiologically, it is because it's getting down there and feeding the good bacteria so that they make B vitamins and serotonin and tryptophan who makes more serotonin and gives us that rosy feeling, right? Serotonin, we know that's when you like, you put on the rosy sunglasses and you're like, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we all need more of that. <laughs> or dopamine. It's like why we're all working out so hard. That rush afterwards is like, yep. oh, great. You know, it's yeah. almost like, like a climax it's just that that feeling that that comes from the food that you know that's comes from the food literally feeding the bacteria in our gut and when i learned that there's 10 times the amount of bacteria that are human cells like they're 10 times bigger than we are in our body which makes them like 10 times more important so i'm always thinking like i I need to feed them you know maybe yeah maybe i'm gonna have a glass of wine it was a really hard practice today, but I'm definitely going to have a ton of vegetables and feed those guys. You yep. know? No, definitely. Well, I'm happy that you mentioned that. So we've had a couple other nutritional therapists on and they've gone through the NTA program and um, they've mentioned, uh, one of them mentioned that there's more serotonin produced in your gut than, than there is in your brain. And you obviously touched on that right there. And then also that, and I always get this wrong, but there's the vagus nerve 
or vein, right? And that connects your gut through your spine, correct? Right to your brain. And so everything that, like you just said, we digest immediately goes up to your brain. And I think that, I think people know like, Hey, you got to eat great to have good physical health and and yeah, good mental health. Sure. But that just stresses how, what you eat directly translate and goes right up to your brain and directly correlates to mental health. So if you could just kind of dive into that um, and also discuss kind of the, some of the foods that you'd want to eliminate or maybe from your findings with working with, uh, you know, previous clients, kind of what foods you maybe want to sprinkle in more to, you know, help with better mental health and, and kind of, you know, those sort of things. Sure. So I love the vagus nerve. Um, we could super geek out on that. So that's mm-hmm. excellent. It, it, it is, you're right. It's a nerve that uh, you can look it up and learn all about it, but it's connected from the brain um, down right into the gut. And the, the reason you know it's there and can feel it is when you have like butterflies in your stomach, or if you're super nervous, you feel like that kind of jittery feeling. That's exactly what's going on in that vagus nerve. And when it's disrupted, we have a lot of like dysphagia or that inability to swallow. We have low stomach acid. So like you don't, you don't get that kind of grumbly feeling like when grandma's cooking and you're all, Oh my gosh, my stomach is growling. I'm so hungry, which is what we want that. We want that connection. We want the brain to see the food, to start to salivate because it makes these enzymes that start breaking down the carbs. And then we want our stomach to start growling and making stomach acid. And that's all that connection in the vagus nerve we see a lot of it disrupted in acid reflux and GERD and indigestion. Um, and interesting, there's done a lot of, there have done been done a lot of research on what you can do to stimulate it again. Okay. And it's singing. And there's a lot of good research on like drumming and singing and basically activities that get you in the moment. So I always tell clients like sing in the shower, you know, sing, um, singing in a group, like not a lot of us have been at a, chorus or church choir groups uh, where they do it. But like my kids went to camp this summer. They were luckily allowed to go. And when they come back, they're singing and everybody's like in this more mindful moment, essentially Mm -hmm. what we're trying to do is get back into the mindfulness of the moment of like, I am eating this food. I'm ready. Here it comes kind of allowing, (laughs) I make a joke about your mouth needs to give consent before you put food in it. It will do that by getting wet and moist. (laughs) Because clients remember that. (laughs) Yeah. That's like, I'm sure you can't forget that once you hear it for the first time. Wait till your mouth gives consent. And it's, it's because we're all on the computer, just like shoving things in. Or if we're heading to the gym, we're just grabbing a power bar really quick and your body has no idea what just happened. Mm -hmm. The vagus nerve is more about, Hey body, like, Hey stomach look what's coming. I see my food. It looks delicious. And so for clients, what I'm talking about of what you need then in that moment is number one fiber. Like we just talked about the gut and I love that you guys have already talked about serotonin. Yes. You need fiber, fiber, fiber for so many reasons. And so just as many vegetables or whole grains, not like, you know, a bread that says it's whole grain, but like brown rice, or, you know, that's why quinoa, we're thinking like, why is that a health food? It's a whole grain. You know, these, these foods that are just plant foods, we need a ton of them. We need protein. We absolutely need, we need protein in sports medicine. When I was really studying with some of the experts in the field, 
um, they were saying about a gram per kilogram of body weight, bare minimum. So we're not talking about somebody that's lifting weights or, you know, trying to build muscle bare minimum. When I'm talking to a woman in the OB clinic that wants to get pregnant, need to be eating a gram per kilogram, bare minimum daily of protein. And those are clean proteins. It doesn't have to be like a meat based, but I'm not talking about like a soy protein isolate veggie burger, you know, something that's super uber processed, real, real proteins from real food. And then we need omega-3 fats. And I think that's where we, we got so confused and thinking like fat-free, low fat, high fat, ketogenic, which one is it? We just need a lot of really nice, high quality fats and omega-3 because they reduce inflammation. So if you're wondering like, why is everybody taking fish oil and why is everybody talking about omega-3s? It's because that reduces inflammation. It actually acts like an aspirin without the side effects that aspirin has on the stomach. You know, they say, if you take too much, you could have stomach bleeding um, because they reduce the mucus the coating in the stomach that protects it. Fish oil also thins the blood like aspirin and it also reduces inflammation, but it doesn't stop the stomach from making mucus. So it's just this like wonderful compound. And for athletes, you're causing inflammation every day, mm -hmm. right? It's normal. You lift weights, like let's just take a basic exercise and you rip the muscle. It's supposed to happen, but then it needs to uninflame. So we have to have that process faster and continuous so that you can have that resiliency. And so I would say those three things to include and the three things to ignore would be the opposite of those good fats, bad fats, fried. If it's an oil and it's been fried, mm -hmm. it's gonna be the opposite. Omega-3, it's gonna be the opposite. It's gonna tip that down and cause inflammation. So if it's a French fry, I'm always, trying to get, mm, do you have roasted potatoes? Do you have baked potato? Do you have salad? Do you have vegetables like rice, any other option than the fried? I would stick away from the artificial sugars. I mean, mostly sugar in general, but definitely the artificial ones because we want, we need glucose when you, an athlete needs glucose. If you're gonna run a triathlon, yeah, you're gonna be squirting in some type of <laughs> glucose after about 60 minutes of activity, but we don't need and artificial sugar and the body can't quite use those. So that, that will tank your energy later, which can really spin you down into that mm -hmm. low mood low. And then it was, would be the white flower and the white flower is because it's just devoid of nutrition. So you're not getting that whole grain fiber that can get down to the gut, right? It's just, just like white, fluffy, empty, empty energy. Yeah. That's uh yeah, it's loaded with information. I think it's important. I think um, kind of one of the questions that or arose um, from that was kind of just, and I agree with everything that you're saying. My question was for people who um, take this very seriously, but, you know, kind of just like the effects if, if you have these things, not, I wouldn't even say in moderation, but like in once in a blue moon, like, you know, it's, it's okay to, um, my question is, I guess, is it okay to have the French fry once in a while and the soda pop once in a while, or should you pretty much kind of steer completely clear? Because I think, um, you know, I think that I love ice cream and I think, you know, probably a lot of sugar in that, but maybe once in a while, it's not terrible, I guess you could say. Yeah. And I would say like, I mean, that's where I also say 80%, like 
as a nutritionist for everything I'm going to see is nutrition, right? So I, I really think your diet's hundred percent, but I don't, because I think that there's uh, like, you're saying we can just push too hard. And I, I had a joke of a, um, my Instagram post from yesterday was saying, if you exchange toast with a grapefruit every morning, you could reduce your happiness by 90%. You <laughs> know, it's just like, don't take it so seriously. Yeah. Yes, you should have grapefruit instead of just white bread every day. But <laughs> that's not likely to fulfill you in a way that sometimes, yeah, sometimes we have to have ice cream. I have kids, I definitely have ice cream. And I'm always looking for that highest quality, like, uh, could I get an organic, you know, mm -hmm. ice cream? Um, can I get one with real sugar instead of like sorbitol or something weird? You know, I, I'm just trying to get like the most natural food possible. I think butter is a wonderful food. I think bacon is a wonderful food. Have they made it weird these days? Like, yeah, I think processed turkey bacon looks like a really weird food, but the act of taking, like if you're in Spain, the act of taking uh, a ham and hanging it in the pantry for like, that's a beautiful process cheese in France. Like to say cheese is a bad food for you. No, 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 no. Like ages and ages, they've been making these beautiful fermented dairies in a cave so that they can make the milk last mm. much longer. It's like an art form. And that's not a bad food. It's just looking at like the heavily, heavily processed foods. And so, yes, in a, in a 80% of the time, I am not going to order French fries, you know, or I'm not going to get uh, soda or, um, you know, certain things I never have. I would never have French fries or soda, but I'm definitely going to have a beer or a glass huh? of wine yep. or, you know, my, my poison, mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. my, my, my toxin. Cause I know that especially as an athlete, like the harder you push and the more carbs you burn, the more you can kind of get away with a little bit more. I think anybody that goes over 20% of the time is probably going to start seeing muscle ache, uh, a little bit of inflammation or definitely mood and energy dips. Mm -hmm. But I think for the most part, that's a pretty healthy range to okay. eat healthy 80% of the time. Yeah, because I mean, the reason why that I asked that is because I mean, I think people hear these things and, you know, everyone like races down, writes notes and like kind of goes out and gets every healthy thing that they can think of and, and buy and, and they go gung ho on, which is unreal. But I just think about longevity because I'm guilty of it. And anyone who says they're not is a liar because everyone's guilty <laughs> of it. You start something, you hit it hard, and then there's that burnout period. And, you know, if you could, you know, do it and make it last 100% of the time, then great. But um, I just think that, you know, typically we're not like that. And I just kind of want to consistently reiterate to people that, hey, like if you're making the best effort and like you said, that 80% of the time you're hitting, you know, the right things that you need to do and you're doing that, you're human. It's okay to enjoy whatever vice that is as it pertains to food. Um, so that's kind of why I wanted to reiterate that because I know that a lot of times we get, you know, people go hundred percent on things and there's that burnout period. And mm -hmm. I just kind of think about longevity and that kind of goes from personal experience and just kind of being a bystander and seeing other people kind of, you know, go through the same thing, which is completely normal as well. Yeah. And I think what also what you're saying and what's right is then people get that, that manic high, right? Like I bought everything, I'm doing everything and I'm go, 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 go. And then that 
that just ricochets back and forth. It's, mm -hmm. it's like a swinging pendulum and we just, we just want to keep it going. And also it isolates us so that we can't go to the party and we can and feel comfortable with everybody. And we have to go early and, and it's in it, it. And you can't eat, you know, the birthday cake that everybody else is eating. And pretty soon, like that's really isolating and really depressing. And mm -hmm. community is, is also one of those modifiable, modifiable lifestyle factors that can help and boost your health. So like, we really need the social aspect. And as people, we need to be like talking with others and, and to be touched and hug and, and, and just be social. And I think that we can come across just, just so isolating and pulling ourselves apart when we're, when we're eating these diets that are just so restrictive. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I've seen that clients don't get better as quickly when they're so restrictive that, you know, they, they develop another eating disorder and that they can't eat anything. <laughs> you know? and, exactly. and essentially what I've learned in the, and going back to the gut bacteria is that's where your immune system is. And I was telling you, that's where it sends up those hormones that cause anxiety and depression and general malaise and, and irritability. And in order to keep them healthy, we have to develop resiliency. And I think this is part of what you're saying is the longevity, like to yep. sustain, I'm all about the sustainable diet. And by diet, I just mean the food that you put in your body, not being yep. on a diet, but something sustainable that builds resiliency so that you can have that birthday party that night out and bounce back the next day and not have it hit you like a ton of bricks. Mm -hmm. That it was like, what happened? It's probably because I ate pizza. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> maybe, or maybe you're so hard on yourself and you're so restrictive that your body can't bounce back that mm -hmm. we just didn't develop that resiliency. Exactly. No, exactly. I, I, you know, you mentioned the longevity, um, and kind of just, uh, a couple, couple things to finish up with here, just kind of going back to your personal story and how it's affected you and how with your longevity, you know, you, you mentioned in the notes that you know, your body felt 80 at 29 and you came back 13 years later performing on Broadway and you're feel, feeling younger and still performing. And I just think it's great that, you know, you're living evidence of, of that this works. And um, I think people just feel like, oh, I'm getting older. My body's going to give up me. But no, you can you can still fight it and you can still remain young and still feel young. And and, you know, this is proof that that, you know, food is medicine and that food can, you know, be the I guess the solution for that. Yeah. And I think that, you know, my story shows that it, it doesn't happen overnight and it's not a pill you can take. Like I, I, I thought I literally had the 80 year old body and I thought all my twenties, like I was going away to college. If I, I was moving away from college and going to New York. And I thought this is supposed to be like the time of my life, right? Like I'm supposed to be the top of my game. And in the morning, I feel like I can't even stand up straight. Like, I'm not sure if I tried to do a splits and dance, I was like, I feel like my hips going to pop out of place. Like, I just feel like this, this can't, is it just dance? Like, is it just that, that dance that makes your body age so quickly? I thought maybe I'm not going to have a long career in this. I better go do it now. <laughs> you know, I would have yeah. loved to kept geeking out and studying more and going right into the therapy. Um, but I kind of gave it up thinking I better go dance right now. I think I have two years left max in my career. And when I, when I did finally get pregnant and have that baby, it wiped me out. 
I mean, I was, I had so many reserves to, to try to get back. I was so depleted and I could tell because the second pregnancy I couldn't do for like another three and a half years, but then it was so much easier mm-hmm. and it kept getting easier and easier and yet still have really bad mood spells, but I, I, I had to get rid of dance. I could, there was no way I could do it. And when I started after the second baby, like that had been five years on this eating real food. I all of a sudden went back to, like I said, I, one of the pole classes, um, I had had two babies. I was like, Oh man, I went from like a professional dancer to now I'm in sweats and I'm a housewife. Like this is awful. And my husband's like, here, here, go take a, go take a pole class. That sounds really fun. And I came back and I was like, Oh my gosh, like, give me more money. Look what I can do. And I just, it was amazing that all of a sudden my body was like able to do what I thought I'd never do again. And I just started going back. And then when I went to visit in New York, when the company was auditioning for that Broadway role, I had no intentions of performing with a bunch of 20 year olds in my forties. I was like, let me just help you. And when the choreographer saw me dancing next to them was like, I remember you at that age. I remember you were struggling, but like, what is, why do you look like you're 25 again? Like what is going on? And I thought, I can't believe this is happening, you know? And and when she said, come, come dance with us for five weeks in New York, I thought, oh my gosh, leave my body or leave my kids, leave my husband. Like, yes, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) And and now it's just amazing that I spring up in the morning and, you know, my, my body just feels so much younger than it did then. And yes, there are days when it's a lot, you know, and yes, there are days when after a performance, man, my adrenaline comes down and the mood comes down, but my resiliency is so much better that Mm -hmm. I can bounce back and, and know that like it could happen again. I don't have to give up, you know, it just might, it just might take a little bit longer to nourish and nurture yourself. And like you said, it's okay. I'm not okay right now, but it's okay. I can be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I, I, that's everything spot on. I'm happy that you were able to give context and, and mention all these things. I think it's super important. And I think it's it, a lot of athletes and whatever you do, you want to do it forever. So I'm happy that we were able to kind of reiterate that um, through this. So, yeah, I mean, I think we've gone through all the notes and I'm sure there's so much more we could, you know, dive into, but um, we'll have to get you on here again and talk about some more stuff and really get into the real sciencey stuff about it. But um, I really appreciate you coming on and taking the time. I don't want to get to any more of it. I know you're busy, but I'm um, just, again, really appreciative of you coming on and sharing your story and, you know, giving all this information. I think it's super beneficial and it's going to help out a lot of people and, um as it pertains to nutrition or mental health or what you've gone through, is there anything that you want to tell maybe your younger self or someone going through something similar as to what you had gone through or um, anything that you feel like a piece of advice that you would have wanted to know, um, you know, kind of with, uh, with what you struggled with or yeah, like I said, it could be nutrition based or just mental health based or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do a lot of talks um, and I do a lot of talks at, high school, you know, the high school football team or the, the the dance team or these groups. And I'm always like, if I can only tell myself, you know, I would have never shown them a one pound of fat. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but I would say like, you know, I, I'm always talking about 
the long haul, like you're saying. Um, and I say there's kind of a, a, a triad for, for athletes. The one is training, like just make sure it's safe for your body, that you're doing it consistent, consistently, that you just keep going, you know, keep pushing, keep going. The second is diet, like you got to eat individually for what you need, you know, check out that, those protein requirements, check out the fats and uh, eat a ton of vegetables. And then the third is the mindfulness. Like we just have to have a coping mechanism for all the stress. And so a lot of them don't really like meditation. And, you know, that's, that's what we hear about. There's a lot of really cool apps, but I always say for these young ones, like just find your favorite song. Sometimes they're about five minutes just close your eyes and just breathe, breathe in as slow as you can breathe out as slow as you can. And that's enough every day. Just that one song, you know, just bring your body back to that comfortable, healthy place. And I think those three things can really help with a long career. Well, that's awesome. Um, that's a great way to end this. So thank you so much. Um, like, yeah, I'm just super appreciative of you coming on and sharing your time and, and all this information. So we'd, I'd love to have you on here again to dive into more of this stuff. But yeah, thank you again. Thank you, Danny. Because you move me.